You know, we've done a lot of work on you. We're looking for you to come in here and compete. You know what I'm saying? Get to know your teammates. And, hey, we're excited about you coming in. You're going to have uh, uh, we're looking for great things out of you. With the ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft, the Jaguars get a lockdown corner with C.J. Henderson to go along with 11 other draft picks as we recap those entire draft picks here on Jaguars Drive Time on Tuesday morning. Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Osier. Guys, it's now Tuesday, but I don't know about you. Sunday was a big nap day for me. Yeah, it was a long weekend, Brian. I mean, it, it was a weekend unlike any. I've done, what, 25, 26 drafts, and uh, it, it was funny. The past hectic drafts I've covered have always been ones that sort of involved a surprise trade, maybe day two, there being a couple of trades, which adds to what is a deceptively long night. There were no trades in this on Saturday, but it was one after the other. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember being as frazzled uh, and just as hectic at, in a draft as I was this weekend. But I, I think the Jaguars did well. I think they checked a lot of boxes, but it was busy. In 26 years of doing this, the only draft that comes close was the expansion draft, where there were only two teams, right? Where just back and forth and back and oh, forth, yeah, and just trying to yeah. keep track of it all. Um, it was it was exhausting. I'm sure for the scouts uh, who then had to get on the phone and start calling all of their targeted guys for undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, they didn't really get a break yesterday. I, I'm sure today is to them what yesterday was to us. It's like unplugging. Yeah. I feel for Coach Marone, Dave Cobble, because when we were covering it after those eight picks on Saturday, they still had to go get on the phones and handle all those undrafted free agents. We were waiting to speak with them, and they had just started with the undrafted. So I can only imagine the days they had Saturday night and Sunday because that was a time. Yeah, I've seen their salaries. I don't feel that bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they're do a little work every now weekend. and then. <laughs> Absolutely. They earned it last weekend. All right, let's get into big things. Three big things, and we have split it up into three days. Big thing one is day one, and that equals winning. Picking up C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chase on both, by the way, the Jaguars had as number nine on their draft board, trying to decide between the two of them. So that's why this is such a big win that they got them with nine and 20, getting both of those guys. Let's hear from the LSU defensive end on his college nickname and why it now applies to football. It's a motto I feel like, um, obviously, you know, Dordix or Swiper, you always, you always trying to take something, always trying to take it. And um, I kind of feel like that's his world. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, on a, I'm trying to take things. Obviously, nothing in this world is given. Um, so when I, had that, when I say that motto, it's um, I'm taking everything that, everything that belongs to me and then some. I want everything. I'm being greedy. Uh, I'm not being I'm not being patient. Let anybody uh, step over me and pass me up. I know the plan that God has for me. And with that being said, I'm going to put all my motivation forward and all my efforts and determination. I'm going to get whatever I want. Big thing to day two equals staying patient. Safe to say we all expected some sort of trade, whether it be a trade up, trade down throughout the weekend. We did not expect 12 players to come in this draft class, but that is exactly what we got. 
day two pickups. Lavishka Chanel out of Colorado, a wide receiver. Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State, barely a top 1,000 high school recruit. Now is a day two selection in the NFL draft. Incredible story. He talked about now being in the NFL. You got to fight through the adversity. I mean, the adversity is really what, where you really learn a lot about yourself. And uh, I feel like I learned a lot about myself throughout high school, throughout college. And I mean, it's just been a whirlwind, but um, again, I'm blessed, you know, <laughs> every single day through the good times and the bad times. Day three, big thing three is what a day. Eight draft picks on this day. As soon as we were finished covering one guy, boom, we were on the clock with the next. No time for eating, no time for any of that. Eight picks was a lot of picks for all of us. The day was also filled with a ton of emotion. I don't know about you guys, but day three is always my favorite day to cover because of moments like this tight end Tyler Davis's war room call puts everything into perspective. What do you think about coming and playing some tight end for us? I love that. That was yeah. a dream come true. <laughs> well, you're going to get drafted, man. You've, 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 yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we just heard from Tyler Davis along with all those other draft picks. So let's go all the way back up to the top, day one. I think the biggest takeaway there is, one, they went defense twice. I don't think any of us expected that. And two, number nine, C.J. Henderson, Caleb on chase on. To get both of those guys at 9 and 20 is a huge win for the Jags. Yeah, I still wonder, had Derek Brown been there, and uh, Brian, you can touch on this as well, I still wonder if the middle of the defense wouldn't have been a priority. That said, Dave Caldwell was pretty clear every time he talked about this, he wanted edge rusher. He said on his video conference after the draft, he sleeps much better when he's got edge rushers coming off the edge. That's what Chase on was. So they evidently feel like they've improved the middle of the defense with Hamilton, with Schobert, and they feel like they have, as opposed to a defensive tackle who might not be impact, C.J. Henderson, Chase on, these are guys that can turn the ball over, affect the game, play, make, dynamic. Uh, you know, from what they wanted, they clearly hit twice. Well, it would be hard to pass on a, a guy like Derek Brown, who's just sheer size and athleticism, make him a rarity. But, you know, they added to the defense with uh, Rodney Gunter and Al Woods and saw Taven Bryant come on in the month of December and play his best professional football and so I think that because there was such a line of demarcation with the cornerbacks, John, there were two, right? Anything else was going to be a reach in the first round. A.J. Terrell, uh, Trayvon Diggs, all of these guys, uh, Damon Arnett, who the, the Raiders took at 19. It was all more of a reach than if C.J. Henderson went there at nine. So what really happened is they got a guy that they couldn't have gotten anywhere later in the draft. And then they got another guy that they didn't think they would be able to get at that point in the draft. For the second straight year, everything fell right to them. And, and, and when you look to see what it was that fell right, it was the Cowboys taking CeeDee Lamb. Because Dave admitted that sitting there at 20, he was looking at a number of wide receivers. And then Lamb goes off the board, which allows Caleb on Chason to slide down to him. Well, I mean, that was just a no-brainer. Sometimes you do everything right, and sometimes everything happens right for you. I think that was the case. They did the right thing and took C.J. Henderson because that's the guy they had to have. And then Caleb on Chasen just fell right for them. And the point I made all weekend, and I just really believe it, they went into this draft without elite prime talent playmaker 
in the secondary. They had it everywhere else. They had Miles Jack. No matter how he's played, you can't deny he's a guy that when he's right makes plays. Mm-hmm. On the front, they have Allen. They now have Chase on. But they already had a guy in Allen who makes plays up front. They didn't really have that in the secondary. You need elite stud guy, for lack of a better uh, way to put it, on each level of your defense. That's what C.J. Henderson is supposed to be now. Yeah, and we're getting some questions from fans, at least I have throughout the weekend, saying, what's the expectation for C.J. Henderson coming in? And the expectation is obviously very high being a nine overall pick, but also you're expecting him to shut down half the field at this point, and he's going to be your number one corner because you don't draft someone that high if he's not that. Yeah, it's almost like, Brian, people ask me all weekend, John. But it's almost like because he wasn't a CUDA, and because Ramsey was such a dynamic presence, went number five. It's almost like people forget he went number nine overall for a cornerback. That's really high. It's not Jalen high. It's not number five. It's not a Cuda high. But those two guys are unusually high. When you take a corner in the top ten, he's supposed to be big time push. You know, push for all pros. He's supposed to be a lockdown stud. That's his charge right now. Well, look, everyone wants to make the comparison with Jalen Ramsey, and, and it fits. You're replacing Ramsey, essentially, and he plays the same position. However, Ramsey, remember his pro day when we went out to Tallahassee? I mean, shoulders out to here, the long arms. He had the physical presence on the field that few players who play cornerback ever do. And he had the attitude for it. What I hear about Henderson is, is that the switch flips when he goes out onto the field. Not Ramsey sort of provocative in the locker room, but absolutely the guy who will play the game and talk the game when he gets out onto the field. If you want to make comparisons between those two guys, let's compare how quickly the Jaguars feel that he's comfortable taking the best receiver the other team has to offer. Jalen Ramsey did that almost Mm -hmm. immediately with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, we're not going to be able to do the Hopkins thing because he's now in a different division, different conference. But we'll find a guy that, that a tough matchup would represent. And if they feel comfortable putting him out there, it tells you what they think of C.J. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's go to day two. Lavishka Chenault and David and David Hamilton. Sorry. Lavishka Chenault, someone when you're looking at that wide receiver, Dave Caldwell was telling us that they've been scouting him now for two years. A guy we really didn't know much about. But then when you see his highlight tape and all this, you're like, wow, what a great get. But before this, we really didn't hear much about him. Well, I had watched him for two years because I, I watched West Coast football. That's, you know, my neck of the woods and, and Colorado <laughs> in particular, because I have some friends that work in the athletic department out there and they were talking about this kid. And I watched him as a sophomore and thought, wow, I mean, this is a guy who would get consideration top two, top three picks in the draft. He's that explosive. Five rushing touchdowns to go with six receiving touchdowns. When do you hear about that from a number one receiver? You don't. The guy is a tremendous player. He's a matchup. He's a He's a, uh, I'm not a chess player, but he's a, uh, a rook. I mean, what is he, John? I mean, you're a chess player? A chess player. I mean, he's, I, you know, he's a bishop. He's a, he's a bishop that in the game of chess. Jump because you could, yeah, he wouldn't be a rook. That's checkers, he'd be, John. He, he'd, be uh. a, he'd, he'd, be a, he'd be a bishop because you can do so many different things with him. Uh, I, he's a tremendous player. And he's big. He's fast. He's smart. He's tough. Maybe too tough. That may be the knock on him is that he plays such a physical style that he's been unable to stay on the field and it cost him in draft position in 2019. Well, he's certainly got a unique style of game. And in discussing this over the weekend, 
I sort of brought Justin Blackman up again, which who was a physical guy who when he got the ball in his hands, there were times he just looked like a different level of man out there. Uh, you get the idea with the way this kid plays, that could be what we're looking at. He is certainly a dynamic playmaker. As highly as they regarded him, you know, they did this in a couple of spots. They went after some guys who'd been injured in college that maybe that's why they slipped a little bit. That's a little bit of a gamble if, if they continue to be injured. But this is a guy that they believed, had he come out healthy, had all been equal, he's probably a top 15 receiver. Uh, if you think about it, they could be looking at bookends on defense and Allen and Chase on, and they could be looking at bookends at the wide receiver position. That's not what you call it, but in Clark and uh, Chenault. So maybe they've got their guys at a couple of spots where it's hard to find your guys. I have to interrupt here I, just to make the point. We talk about five premium positions, quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver, pass rusher, and corner. First three picks, the Jaguars grabbed three premium positions that needed to be filled. That's a really good start to a draft. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then you go into day three quickly, guys. Eight picks there. And I think that's we talk about that's a favorite day to cover because they're always emotional. You never really know where they're going to get drafted. But you look at day three and those eight picks, and it's the same three. It's checking boxes, getting depth, special teams. Then you look at the 12 across the board. Basically, everything's addressed. Yeah, I think I, like everybody, was shocked that they went chalk. When I say they went chalk, that they didn't trade anything. They didn't trade up and back. The same picks that they had going in before they came out with. I don't think anybody would have bet that, but it was clear from listening to Caldwell talk on Friday and then again Saturday when I asked him, that was their plan. They felt like this was an unusually deep draft and that to give away equity in that, to come away with 10 players and give up a couple of spots at the top wasn't what they wanted to do. They wanted a lot of players. They're changing direction and they feel like maybe unlike 2000, what was Dave's first year? 2013. 2013 was such a bad draft. Well, this almost feels like a year one type draft. It shouldn't be because it's in year eight, but that feel. Well, this was a good draft to have those kind of picks in. So you're changing direction again. 12 guys. We'll see how it goes. I liked a lot of what they did on mm -hmm. Saturday. They grabbed players. Uh, Josiah Scott stands out. Uh, Colin Johnson stands out. Uh, even mm -hmm. Ben Bart stands out. These are guys with traits. Remember when you're, when you're a scout and you're looking at college players, you're not saying, well, he had a great game against USC and he had a great game against Oklahoma state. You're looking to see whether or not they have traits, characteristics, intellect that can come to the NFL level. Well, Ben Barge has all of those things, but he didn't do it against USC, Oklahoma state, uh, Texas. He did it against Minnesota intercollegiate athletic competition. You know, you're not going to watch St. John's take on uh, St. Thomas. It, 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 that's a game on the schedule, but you're not going to watch that. So you're looking at a guy and trying to interpret whether he can play in the NFL. Everything about him says he can. It's just a matter of how long will it take him to get used to an entirely different level of competition. You know, they, they've got guys that can, three years from now, be starters. That's mm -hmm. good on day three. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 12 draft picks later, and we are just now getting to know them. Going to talk much more about this in the upcoming weeks. When we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. We visit the Crystal Ball. We each pick a draft pick and talk about in two years who's the guy we're going to be talking about saying what a great draft pick that was. Coming up right here on the Jaguars Digital Network. 
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. During this time of uncertainty, the team at Florida Eye Specialists is prioritizing the safety of their patients, staff, and community. Florida Eye Specialists is monitoring the progression of the coronavirus daily and has temporarily closed all offices. Although their office hours have been affected, their commitment to the community has not. Bold City's best eye care practice will continue to staff on-call doctors for any patients who have urgent or emergency eye care needs. Call Florida Eye Specialists at 904 564 2020. The Congaree and Penn Farm is closed until further notice, but you can still order products from the Congaree and Penn online shop. Visit the Congaree and Penn website for more information. Everybody went ballistic. I couldn't believe it myself. <laughs> so safe to say they might be coming to a few home games safe to say you know if the if the the prices aren't too bad the oak leaf high school alumni is coming back home safe to say him and his family will be at a few home games that are definitely amped up for shaq quarterman to stay here in jacksonville as we are back on jaguars drive time we're picking three draft picks looking at the crystal ball and similar to i would say dj chark this season looking back at his draft class and saying that guy stands out what a great pick he was. We're going two years in the future. Let's look here. Brian, who do you have? I'm, I'm going with Chenault. I've been watching him for two years, and I have been um, interested, amazed, uh, encouraged, enthusiastic about this kid. Uh, every time he gets the ball in his hands, it seems like he's making something happen. And I really liked it when we were talking the other evening with Mark Ellens and he said, we'll give him the ball on a jet sweep. We'll do a bubble screen. You know, we'll send him deep. We'll send him over the middle. Um, he compared himself the other day to Julio Jones, uh, Jarvis Landry and Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Young players <laughs> love to, you know, here's who I am. Yep. And, and why not? I mean, why not shoot with for the Don shot? Hudson taken, Brian? <laughs> 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 I've never heard anyone compare themselves to Don Hudson, um, but 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 maybe some guy should. The one guy that he reminds me of when he plays is Larry Fitzgerald. 
uh, because Larry is not the fastest receiver on the field, yet Larry's always open. When the ball is in Larry's hands, you see that there's somewhere for him to go. You see that there's a play that he can make, uh, whether it's a long play, a middle play, uh, coming out of the backfield. Larry Fitzgerald with the ball in his hands is a guy who's scary. And in that same way, I think Chenault is. I think the guy's got potential to be a star. And I think two years from now, we'll be going, wow, how lucky were they that he was there at 42? Yeah, definitely eludes confidence when you talk to him. And he made it known when he was talking about the comparisons between the three, Larry Fitzgerald and Jarvis Landry and all that. He said, now, I don't want to come across as cocky, but I just know I compare myself to them, and I'm pretty good. So definitely confident, not cocky, but I thought it was funny that he had to make it known. Don't take this the wrong way, this comparison. <laughs> all right, John, who do you got? Well, I'll let you behind the curtain a little bit. I slept late Monday, so when we were planning the show – Schlin got Quarterman. That's really who I was going to go with. But so good for <laughs> you getting up early, Ashlyn. Um, I went with Hamilton, uh, Devon Hamilton, simply because uh, I didn't want to go with the two first round picks because they're so obvious. And I think people really haven't thought that much about what this kid could mean to the defense. He's a key point. He's I don't know that he's going to be the penetrating guy that maybe a Derek Brown would have been. I hate to keep bringing his name up, but he was a guy we talked so much before the draft. But if he's the space eater, if he's the guy that they think he can be, they took him in the third round, which for a space eating defensive tackle, usually you go after your prime defensive tackles in the first round. Theory being, if you want them, they're going to be gone because it's such a hard position to find. But this guy's intriguing because he didn't get on the field at Ohio State until his senior year. So a lot of teams probably didn't know much about him, but they said he got better and better and better this year. He clearly wants to be there. To me, he's crucial. And I, you just have a feeling sometimes these lower round defensive tackles, they come out of nowhere and they're not sack guys, but they're guys who wind up making Pro Bowls or elite for a long time. He feels like that to me. Hopefully he can do that for the sake of this defense. Here's why I think that's right on, because in two years, Al Woods will be gone. Uh, Avery Jones will be gone. Uh, Rodney Gunter may be gone. Who knows? Uh, and Taven Bryan will either prove himself over the next two years or he'll be gone as well. So you got to hit on a guy. And mm-hmm. everything that I've heard about this kid from Ohio State is he's as good as he looks. And what they want him to do, he does very, very well. He was just overshadowed by all those stars on that defense. Yeah, that's an important pick. It, it got overlooked a little bit on the weekend, even by me and Gus, because everybody was talking about Chenault. And then it was – it was Friday. He got picked later. Everybody was writing Chenault because that's what you do early in the night. So he almost got overlooked a little bit. But that's a huge pick. Third round equity for that. I don't know if you expect him to start. You expect him to matter quickly, and they need him to matter quickly. Yeah, they couldn't help. The coaching staff couldn't help but bring up Marcel Darius. And the impact we saw when Darius left the field, that position's huge. And I agree. The pick itself got overlooked. But his impact come August when this football season starts, hopefully, I think is definitely going to be seen, especially without Marcel Vargas. All right, John. Now, I'm going to go with my pick because I stole your pick, but it's a great pick. Shaq Quarterman, linebacker out of Miami, by far one of my favorite interviews of the weekend because I was just blown away by his leadership ability, his maturity, how he handled himself. Mark Ellen said he has an alpha dog personality on and off the field. Definitely saw that right away. A four-year starter at middle linebacker at a program like Miami, to go in and start at middle linebacker with a team like the Hurricanes definitely stands out to me. 
356 tackles in four years to go along with 12 sacks. And we talk about linebacker and the depth that he's going to provide and how that was a major concern last year, especially with injuries. But I think come next year, when we talk about Shaq Quarterman, we're not going to talk about the depth there. We're going to talk about him possibly being a linebacker starter, depending on what goes out with Joe Schobert. But man, he stands out. His confidence alone stands out this weekend. Well, we'll get to this in a few minutes, but drafting him and having Schober on the field mm-hmm. makes me wonder about a 3-4, Brian, because this kid is going is to play inside. He can play middle. I know they're going to show that scheme more, but all of a sudden the personnel starts lining up a little more toward that. I haven't talked to anybody about that specifically. I doubt they'll say anything about that because I think they're going to, they're going to want their scheme to be kept secret, but mm-hmm. Schobert, this kid, if he's for real, does make you wonder if they could package that going forward. You know who you reminded me of? The way that he talked, the way that he played at Miami was a linebacker from a small school named Jeremiah Trotter, who played, uh, it seems like forever ago, for Philadelphia. But a big, wide body who filled gaps and set the tone. As good as the talent was on defense for those Eagles teams he played on, he was the tone and the tempo setter. I totally agree with you. A guy like that, you want on the field. Now, he's not an every-down linebacker in a 4-3, but in a 3-4, he might be. Mm -hmm. Definitely something we'll talk more about. Interesting to see how it plays out. And that is our crystal ball. We'll see if we're correct in two years. We'll play this back. Maybe John will be the winner. We shall see. When we come back, we visit the Ozone Mailbag here on Jaguars Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to without notice equal housing opportunity you can step up to luxury now hello i'm dan fields whatever you're driving you can step up to luxury now plus get our fields amenities which include complimentary loaners car washes and our cafes make this your year to step up to luxury at fields cadillac mercedes-benz porsche land rover jaguar and lexus when it comes to the ultimate car buying experience there's only one name that matters fields and fields matters because you matter the fields auto group proud partners of your jacksonville jaguars at vistar we believe in better and that means treating people better with friendly personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952 a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch an online or phone chat for those quick questions and a call center that's open every day if you believe that great service is better Join Vistar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hey, Jacksonville, to help keep our community safe, your friends at Travel Camp RV are now offering free home deliveries on new RV purchases up to the first 100 miles. Their specialists are fully equipped to customize your deal over the phone with live video walkthroughs to help you find the perfect unit. 
If you prefer to view the RVs in person, they're open normal hours and have implemented improved cleaning policies to keep you safe. Travel Camp is committed to doing everything they can to make your visit comfortable and safe. Call or visit today, 833-388-9426 or TravelCamp.com. Whataburger is open for business in the drive-thru 24-7. Online ordering for curbside pickup is available daily between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Order from your local store today. You know, we just got a, a great match of, of these 12 players, of a match of, you know, really good talent, really good potential, and also obviously come from good foundations and good character and, you know, really not a lot of, a lot of stuff going around around them except uh, football. That's Doug Marone. Moments after the 2020 draft had ended, 12 draft picks. And the thing that stands out to me definitely, guys, when you look at this draft class, it seems like every single pick was either a team captain or involved in something really good off the field. It's obvious the high character was an emphasis this year. But I think Doug Marone also doesn't want us to forget they're good football players, too. Let's not forget that. You know, when the whole Jalen Ramsey thing was going down last year, I asked John Filippo. Flip, how would this go down in Philly? You know, they're the defending Super Bowl champs from a couple of years ago. How does this play out in the Eagles locker room? He says the players take care of it. The mm -hmm. players would have solved the problem for the Eagles front office. They didn't have the guys in there. I know everyone wants to point to Calais uh, and, and Calais was such a tremendous human being. Um, but they apparently did not have the players in the locker room to change the direction of the way that last season went. Um, it sounds like Doug and Dave recognized that and decided 12 draft choices, this will help us change it. Well, you're allowed to be a good player and a good person. I'm not sure when that became you know, a bad thing. Fans didn't yeah. think that both of them could do. But it, to me, it, it's clear that you can be because of this. All you gotta do is look in the locker room Juwan Taylor, Josh Allen, and DJ Chark. I've been saying all offseason. Doesn't that feel like your first wave of core? And, mm -hmm. it, and they're all three guys that it's clear like being here, like they want to be in the locker room, all that stuff. You know, after the season, I'll never forget this, the day after the season, Josh Allen hung around in PR until like 5 o'clock in the afternoon instead of getting out. You know, yeah. he wasn't his his car wasn't ready to go. He wasn't ready to be done with football yet. And he didn't mind talking to people that he ordinarily wouldn't see. So, you know, that's not everything, but there's something to that. And I, th I think DJ and Juwan are both the same kind of guys. I think they want more guys like that. They don't have to have them all. But again, we talked about it before, Brian. This team's going in a new direction. Yep. And if you're going to go in a new direction, why not go in that direction? Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's, it's worth pointing out that the guys that you mentioned last year could not have stepped up and been not in a leadership position. No. They, had, they hadn't done it on the field yet. And none of these guys coming in will be able to do it until they prove it on the field. But what you said with Chark and Jawan Taylor and Josh Allen, you've got a core of guys now that can lead them in the right direction and, mm -hmm. and, and have it be a tidal wave instead of a trickle. Yep, absolutely. It's very obvious that was emphasis this year. All right, let's visit the Ozone Mailbag. Let's go down the street to St. Augustine. Another John. Did we wait too long to draft defensive tackle and offensive line? Both seem like we've settled, John. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure why there was that impression. I got that email story from a couple of different people. Um, there was some unrest or some criticism of Dave for not trading up in those spots and getting maybe a better known guy. And I guess the thing I keep going back to is there's so much analysis before the draft that starts becoming common think, meaning some analyst sees Daniel Jeremiah say something and then Jeremiah sees Bucky Brooks say something. And then all of a sudden, everybody's got a consensus built on who the guys are and, and uh, what the lists are. Well, teams are completely different. So I don't think in the Jaguars mind they're waiting. Plus, say Ben Barge. Well, they weren't, or uh, a bad example, yeah, uh, Ben Barge. At that point, they weren't trying to get a guy to come in right away. They wanted that sort of offensive lineman in the fourth round. So did they wait too long? You know, is he going to come in and start? No. But at that point in the draft, they had clearly said, we're not going to want that kind of offensive lineman. We're going after this development. So I didn't get the feeling talking today that they feel like they missed or waited or any of this. This was the plan, and they feel like they overall, looking at the overall draft class, got the guys where they wanted them. Well, Hamilton appears to be a guy that fits exactly what they want to do. So they didn't wait too long to get that. Remember, the third round is a round where you find guys who become key starters. Brandon Linder comes to mind right out of the mm-hmm. gate. Uh, AJ Cam started immediately as a rookie. So the third round is a place where you go to find football players that can step in and, and fill the need immediately. Hamilton looks like he's a guy that can do that. I would say, did they wait too long on the offensive line? My only answer is only if they were lucky to replace Cam Robinson. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And they have said, clearly they weren't, they weren't, they were not, uh, you know, Andrew Norwell is, is a guy that as much as I have questioned how well he's played, they don't. Linder's a very good center. Uh, AJ can, you know, not every starter is going to be a star. Jawan Taylor looks like he's going to be a star. So you'd only be replacing the left tackle. And if they weren't going to, if they were going to replace Cam Robinson, they would have done it at pick nine. They would have grabbed one of the tackles they liked the best at nine, taking their chances on a corner in the second round instead. But they weren't going to do that, which tells you how committed they are to Cam Robinson. Yeah, guys, I think at least around combine time, I think we all at least expected maybe one of the first two picks would be offensive line. But then as the season went on, the offseason went on, and Doug Rowe kept talking about Cam Robinson's improvement and how much they liked this line overall, that slowly started backing away. Okay, maybe number nine doesn't make sense after all. Right. Right. I'm glad you two agree. <laughs> Let's stay here in Jacksonville and go to Johnny. Do you agree if local guy Shaq Quarterman turns out as great as its potential, our three-floor look could be really strong? Yeah, I guess we teased this a minute ago, but I absolutely think it does. And I don't know that they'll go to it immediately. I don't think there's any question there's going to be elements of it in the defense next year. So many teams, Brian, these days, all fans want to talk about a 3-4 versus 4-3. Well, it's always in this Jaguar scheme to be a hybrid. You can bend it toward a 3-4. You can bend it toward a 4-3. I do feel it. If they can get these guys on the field and teach it and be ready for the season, I think the 3-4 could have a lot, or there could be a lot of 3-4 elements in it. Although I don't know with this bunch if they'll break down and call it a 3-4. Teams in the uh, the late 90s that ran the 3-4, the Steelers, the Eagles, the Patriots, they all had these big bruising um, middle inside linebackers. Earl Holmes was the guy in Pittsburgh. 
Jeremiah Trotter in Philadelphia, Teddy Johnson in um, in New England. And all of them had that that sort of no neck, run downhill, take on the guard, you know, clog the hole, make the tackle. Um, they weren't uh, rush the passer, interception guys. Uh, heck, they weren't even forced fumble guys, but they'd fall on a forced fumble here and there. So when we started talking about this in the last segment and I mentioned Jeremiah Trotter just went, yeah, you're right, John. Uh, the three, four seems to fit because this is a guy that if he is as good as they think he is, you're going to want him on the field. Fourth round is around where you get guys and you move them into the lineup and find out if they can play. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Orange Park and Al brings us home. How many fifth, sixth and seventh routers do you see making the team Seems like the wide receiver, cornerback, and linebacker rooms might be a little crowded right now. Yeah, I've gotten this a lot, and I don't quite grasp why people are so concerned about it. I've covered teams with uh, 10, 11, 12 rookies on it, and I, I, I don't think that'd be unusual. I don't know that they all make it. Um, my guess is you might see one or two of these guys, high-priority practice squad. We, if you remember, players get hurt in the NFL. So uh, practice squad guys, rookies who's a, who's a sixth-round pick or a seventh can easily be brought up. Uh, but uh, that being said, it would not surprise me at all with the change of direction we're talking about, all that stuff. If all 12 make it, I guess I'd be a little surprised if it's not, if it's not at least 11, Brian. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, because it happened just about the time that this whole pandemic started. Did they not increase the size of NFL rosters? They did, yes, with the new yeah, CBA. 55. And I'm adding on practice squad players. And, and, yeah. and more, guys, more guys will be active on game day. With yeah, a big that slipped my roster, mind, but you're right. Yeah, with a bigger roster, I say all of them make it. And remember the positions that we're talking about, tight end, cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, these are spots where you need to find guys, especially tight end. So I would say all of them make it because all of them have attributes. You know, if I was leaning towards one that might be a little bit on the bubble, uh, it would be the Claypool kid from Memphis who comes in as a converted receiver, who's a defensive back, who would have to make the roster as a return man. Well, that's a rarity. You don't find guys. He's uh, Jadon Mickens. That's what he reminds me of. Well, yeah. And, 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 and yeah. rosters now, expanded roster, absolutely. But, you know, unless you're Devin Hester, uh, you generally weren't going to make the roster as a return man only. You're going to have to find a way to be involved in other things. Um, this guy looks to me like he's just a return man. Again, now with an expanded roster, expanded game day, you can have him. Makes sense. Yeah, Dave, on Saturday, when he talked about him, uh, you got the impression listening to him that they want him to be the guy. So yeah. can he earn that? We'll see. But he, he seems to be the guy that they want to have doing it. It's just easier to carry a guy like that who only does that for you now with the way that the CBA lays out the new roster sizes. Sure. Yeah, and especially last year, you had a toss-up between um, Michael Walker, D.D. Westbrook was back there at times. Really didn't have a guy last year who was that specific trait. So I could see that happening. All right, when we come back, we go to top tweets from the draft weekend here on Jaguar Strike Time.
DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. This is Joe Adib, CEO and owner of Bono's, just reminding you that we are open for takeout and delivery. One way that you can support us and our hardworking employees is to purchase a gift card online or at any of our area locations. You have supported our locally owned family businesses for decades, and we need your support now more than ever. Be safe and God bless. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Everyone is trying to do their part, especially now. And your Ford dealer is built to lend a hand. If your vehicle needs service, just call. Ford service centers are essential to your community and are still open. Find out about pickup and delivery options from participating Ford dealers. Plus, they've implemented enhanced cleaning measures for added peace of mind. After all, you have a lot to take care of. Let us do our part and help take care of you. The Jaguars are thinking about all of our fans during these unprecedented times in our lives. Stay informed by following at JacksReady and at Healthy Florida or visit www.jacksready.com slash virus. We're back, Jaguars. Drive time. Our last segment wrapping up the draft last week. And as we get into some uh, top tweets, the first is ESPN PR. This was kind of surprising, guys. Out of the top 10 markets in the country for draft coverage and people watching, Jacksonville is number seven. What do we think of that? It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, Jacksonville would post the second or third best Monday night football rating uh, when the Jaguars were playing and when they weren't. They were right near the top of the league of the team of the markets that didn't have teams playing on Monday night football. Now, John, I'm going back to the 90s, back when Monday night football's ratings were huge. Sure. But Jacksonville has always been a football town. They like it, and this should be a sign to a lot of people out there that they'll support this team, right? I'm talking about people outside the Jacksonville market. All right, top tweet number two comes from C.J. Henderson himself. A lot of mix-up about what number he's going to wear. Is he going to be Jalen Ramsey's replacement, possibly? Sunday night, he tweets, by the way, I'm not wearing 20. And I don't blame him at all. He doesn't want to be the next Jalen Ramsey. He wants to be C.J. Henderson. In order to do that, you can't have a 20 on your back. No, and I think it's, it's fine. I don't get hu- as hung up in numbers as a lot of people do, but there's enough people who do that, yeah, fine. Let him have another number. Let him look somewhere else or uh, have his own identity. I think even if he had worn 20, though, Brian, from, from his demeanor, the way he carries himself, 
I think fans are going to realize very quickly that he's not trying to be 2.0. 2.0, um, second version, whatever it is. 2.0.2. Right. <laughs> um, it's worth pointing out, Jalen didn't want to wear 20 either. Remember, he wanted to wear 23. <laughs> yep, I do recall. Yikes. Now that should not be named, as we like to say at this point. 2.0.2. All right, let's wrap it up with Freddie T pointing this out, bringing us back down memory lane. The last ninth pick out of the University of Florida, selected by the Jaguars, had a pretty decent career, you could say. Let's go, C.J. Henderson. Yeah, I had made that connection. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I guess I would say that if he's half the player Fred Taylor was, uh, they got a good pick. Hmm. They had a great pick. Fred Taylor's an all-timer. Um, this kid is exciting, and he looks to me like he's going to be a player. Uh, if he is as good off the field, as Dan Mullen said to us on Friday night, then I think he's got a chance to uh, to really to, to put his name next to Fred Taylor. Maybe not in the ring of honor, but as, uh, as former Gators who did well in Jacksonville. Agreed. Very high potential for him. And basically this whole entire draft class, stay up to date on Jaguars.com. If you missed any of our draft coverage, thank you for watching this week's Drive Time. We will see you next Tuesday.